0: hey achievers this is maya founder of healthy high achievers join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy let's get to it hey achievers welcome back i'm so excited today to be talking to deborah uh, genovese and we are going to do a bit something different today different than the other podcast interviews and you'll soon uh recognize why. Now, Deborah is a certified holistic health practitioner. She is certified in functional diagnostic nutrition and so much more. And just like me, she left the corporate world for the functional medicine world to help people with chronic disease. Now, just to give you a quick summary of her story that you'll hear about more today. For years, Deborah battled with irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, insomnia, fatigue, neck and back pain, obesity, high blood pressure, and the list goes on, right? Now, doctor after doctor just told her that her tests were normal, but she could barely function. The only solution she got were pills with a long list of side effects, and they labeled the condition fibromyalgia. I think uh, some of you who know me might know why today's just gonna be a chat and not a, a specific interview. Because they suggested antidepressants, painkillers to manage the symptoms, but Deborah didn't want those and she started looking for her own solutions. Now, yes, it feels like I'm reading my own story here. So Deborah, like we discussed right before the interview, today's gonna be a bit different. Uh, I just feel like we need to flow. We need to flow between your story and mine. Uh, It's so similar. I'm sure this is um, gonna just spontaneously unfold and be an inspiration to others. So that others also who are listening can just take control over their health. And it's not because a doctor looks like an expert that you need to believe that it's all in your head or that it's just chronic, that it's your whole life. You need to accept it or that you just need to take antidepressants or, you, or antibiotics for a year. You know all those uh, horror stories, Deborah. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I do know those quite well. And I know that you and I, Maya, are not the only two. I know that we mm-hmm. probably have a whole audience of people who have been down a similar road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I realized that when I started writing a blog, I was like 15, for me, it was at the age of 15. And I started writing a blog because I didn't really find people who could understand me, all those questions I got. And I was like, okay, I'll just throw it on a blog. People can read it. You know, It's easier to just explain, what do you have? Oh, I don't know, right? And um, I got so many reactions of people who were getting hormones. They had to take hormones or they had to take, like I said, Um, antibiotics for a year, antidepressants, or all these different treatments and different kinds of fibromyalgia too, pains in different places of the body. Did you experience the same when you first got the name fibromyalgia? How did you feel? And what what was that like for you? What went through your head?
1: Well, because like many of us, um, probably you and probably everyone else, I had been on a journey for more than a decade to try to figure out what was wrong with me
0: mm-hmm. and had
1: been tested for everything under the sun. I mean, multiple sclerosis, lupus, and closing spondylitis, uh, thyroid issues. They it, it just ran the gamut. Um, and each time was very stressful thinking, oh my goodness, I hope I don't have that or or something even worse. So when it finally came around to all right we think it's fibromyalgia naturally my question was why do I have that where is this coming from and what can I do and you know what I was told repeatedly there's nothing you can do we don't know why you have it and just live with it in fact one doctor said to me oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's not going to kill you. Although there'll be some days when you wish it would. Wow. That's what he said to me, which was not comforting in the least, of course. And I thought, you know what, I don't accept that. Um, I was older than you. I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my early 40s. And but I said, hey, I have a lot more good years left. I am not going to go down this way. This is not there's got to be more. I had always been interested in sort of this holistic space um, and had done my, you know, research into that and constant reading. You know, I, I always make a joke and say the people who are the best mechanics are the ones who whose cars don't don't work. Every time their car breaks down, they have to yes. learn, right? So this was me with my body. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, this isn't working. So let's try to figure that out. And this doesn't seem right. And, but what I was lacking was sort of an overall cohesive approach, which is what I try to do with clients now. I'm basically trying, Maya, to not have people go through what you went through and what I went through and yeah. just try to shortcut them through all that you know murky mess and emotional and physical upheaval and just years of pain and suffering and just get right to, okay, what are the root causes that are happening here that are causing all of these symptoms and let's see what I can do. And sure enough, I mean, I went from, as you said, I had all of those symptoms. I was 70 pounds overweight, actually 75 pounds overweight. um, So obese, um, had a bunch of other issues, racked with pain, pretty much bedridden, could really barely get out of bed to a year and a half later. And where I am now, 90% symptom free. So yes, I still have fibromyalgia, and yes, it sometimes still rears its head. But not, My experience now is nothing like it was ten years ago,
0: mm, yeah, because absolutely. of the
1: changes I've made yeah. in my lifestyle and in my, know. you know, in the way that I'm living my life.
0: Yeah, you and I know that it takes work, it takes time, it takes that commitment. But somehow you just do it because, you know, I also didn't know where to turn to. I was 15, right? I. I had the same feeling like you said, there must be more. I left that hospital with that name, fibromyalgia, and I said, mm. maybe healthcare isn't advanced enough yet to know what's really going on in my body. I knew there was something more. I couldn't just accept what they were saying. So yes. for me, that looked like mindfulness, meditation, mm-hmm. so like positive psychology. I didn't really know how to... You know, I wanted to stay positive, stay optimistic, look for solutions. Um, But I had no idea functional medicine or all that natural, those natural health solutions were out there. So I went to a dietitian, yes, but she said, oh, you know, just eat brown bread instead of white bread and just eat more soups and you'll be fine. (laughs) So I got this paper. I went home with a paper of all those, you know, bland foods, basically, Mm -hmm. but that's it. So, I got the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't and know. And I also
1: got since I was so overweight, it was like, stop eating so much and exercise more. Which, mm. you know, that was a tiny part of it, but it wasn't so much that I was eating so much. I was eating things that weren't working for my body.
0: Yeah. And I heard the same. For you, it was because you were obese. For me, it was because I was a teenager. And doctors mm-hmm. were like, Oh, she's going through a phase. She's probably just uh she gets bullied at school or whatever. She doesn't want to go to school. So just She needs to get out of that couch and exercise.
1: Uh...
0: Yeah. And so I didn't know about health coaching, functional medicine, natural health. So the only way I knew was going to a psychotherapist when it was all just too much. It was too much to carry, right? I felt my body was literally too heavy to carry. Um, Not because of weight, but because of those muscle aches, I felt weak. My whole body was just like you said, barely functioning. And so it's funny that you say, I don't want anyone to go through what I've been through because that's what I said as well. When I started the functional medicine journey, that was my main reason. I don't want anyone to go through this without the right support.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think when you've been through this, you understand better than most Um, what that feeling is like, and how disempowering that is, how depressing that can be. That's why depression often goes along with fibromyalgia and other chronic illnesses. Because our, now you're in a different country, but I, and I don't specifically know about Peru, but I do know about America. And Mm -hmm. here in uh, the United States, our doctors are not trained for anything outside of really acute care or trauma care. So, you know, if you have a burst appendix or you're in a car accident, they're right on it and they're great. But if you have a chronic situation and it's unclear really why that's happening and it's unclear what to do about it, they just have nothing other than maybe painkillers which of course is just masking the symptom. It's not resolving the symptom. And most of the time, whatever you're going to take will give you a long list of symptoms that are going to be even worse than what you have now. So they basically don't know what to do with people who are suffering with chronic migraines, chronic neck pain, chronic weight issues. You know, they just don't have the tools.
0: Yeah, the tools and the time they have that well, too. 15 minutes with a patient, maybe half an hour, right? And yes. then to figure out someone's timeline, someone's history, doing the whole digging, right? It's digging and yes. research. And it's kind of like detective work, what you have to do in functional medicine, where you're like, okay, where is this coming from? And that was a question you asked yourself from the start. When people mm-hmm. just say, oh, you know, it's, um, you know, probably it's in the family Or, oh, this is chronic, we don't know, but it will be your whole life. And you asked yourself the right question from the start. Why? Why is my body doing this? Why do I have fibromyalgia? So when you were bumping into these walls with Mm -hmm. doctor after doctor after no solution, no solution, um, what helped you to stay positive?
1: What helped me is that I just had a belief that I knew although fibro even 10 years ago was still fairly rare, I knew I wasn't the only one on earth that had ever gone through this. And I refused to believe that every single person before me just accepted the diagnosis and went on to just suffer for the rest of their life. So I thought, you know what, people have figured this out. There's got to be a way that you know i'm i'm kind of in my head a lot sometimes too much and at that time i was very much um not really connected with my emotions and my feelings which as you mentioned is a huge part of the healing process also in the beginning i mainly focused on sort of diagnostically what could i do mm. so You know, I I kind of had rough concepts. Like I knew there was inflammation in my body. Well, what's causing me the inflammation? It's probably something I'm eating. Let's look into that. And, you know, once I found a functional medicine practitioner who then revealed all of this to me and taught me about things like food sensitivities, which I had no idea about, I was regularly pretty much in every meal eating gluten, dairy, and soy, and those are three very inflammatory foods for most people, and especially if you have a sensitivity, which I do. So I was, every time I was eating, I was eating things that my body didn't want and didn't like. I was also eating, um, I was not eating meat, I was vegetarian, so I was relying on sort of soy-based, heavily processed meat substitutes. So things like, you know, soy burgers or, you know, cold cuts um, or some kind of fake meat that was made with something other than meat, you know, that usually had a ton of gluten, a ton of corn, which also can be inflammatory, a ton of soy at every meal. So it's no wonder I piled on all that weight. It, it was, that was my body saying, um, no, everything you're doing is wrong, Deborah. stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> and it wasn't, it, you know, and on top of that was in an extremely stressful profession. I started out as a TV reporter. Um, and then I was in Los Angeles, California doing red carpet interviews and really high pressure stuff. Mm. Um, while I was so sick and had all this extra weight. and So, you know, it got to the point where it's like, I can't have the career I want. I can't have the life I want. I can't have any life period if I continue this way. So I was just really motivated by that. And the migraines were debilitating. I got migraines pretty much every day Ooh. to the point where routinely for weeks on end, I, I would be vomiting from the pain every day. Sometimes wow. having to leave a, like a business meeting, go and get sick in the bathroom and come back like so extremely sick.
0: Yeah. And then you have so many different kinds of symptoms. Right. And in the beginning, you kind of don't see the whole package that it's all connected. We're like, no. oh, why is my digestion not working well? Why do I get every virus that's traveling around? Right for you. Why do I have these migraines attacks, and why, um, you know, do I feel this tired and brain fogged? And so we see this all as separate things happening in the body, and I hear that. So do the
1: doctors, and the doctors keep sending you to a separate doctor for just that system, and none of them talk to one another. Mm -hmm. So you know that's why the stomach doctor wants to give you this pill, and then the headache doctor wants to give you this thing. And then somebody that you saw for being tired, thinks maybe you have a sleep problem and wants to give you this thing. And before you know it, you could be on a dozen different conflicting pills. Yeah, and still not getting better getting worse.
0: And I know people who are, you know, and with that idea of um, a pill will 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 fix this thing. Right. Yes. But then I know clients too who go, like, you know, I don't know what's wrong with my body, but I have like 20 different things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I have so many different things, you know, and this and that and that. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. So,
1: and that had to be hard to you, especially for you, because the doctors didn't have the excuse. See, I was over 30. So from 30 on, I started getting the excuse, well, you're getting older at 30, which is not old. And also, it's probably paramenopausal or something like that, which it really wasn't. But I mean, what were they saying to you? Because at 15, they don't have that excuse.
0: Apart from the excuse of she's a teenager, she's probably going through a rough time, she's probably depressed, she gets bullied a lot. And my mom thought for a while that that was true until mm-hmm. I stopped going to my singing classes and to the things I love doing, right? And yeah. then she was like, okay, yeah. something's really wrong here. It's not only school she can't go to, because I would wake up every morning with that with that hope. I'm a very hopeful person. With that yeah. hope of today, I will be able to go to school. And I would wake up, set my alarm, go to the bathroom, and then lean onto the sink, and my legs were just shaking, I couldn't. And I had to, every day again, admit to myself, I cannot do this. I can't go.
1: And that for a year
0: or so before it got a bit better. Um, But I was just self-studying at home. And luckily, I was a good student. So I didn't struggle that much. Uh, Luckily, you know, um, I was actually pretty good at and I preferred self-study because I got bored in in class. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, they were just my doctor did do his best within his capabilities like you said, he sent me to different kind of doctors. So I had heart palpations, right? So I went mm-hmm. to the heart specialist. And then I remember leaving the office of that expert, feeling disappointed that there was nothing wrong with my heart. Imagine, because I just wanted to hear something. An answer, hear, some answer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, you have this or you have that or something very um explainable (laughs) something very simple i said there must be something that people can explain and nothing so every doctor was like yeah i don't know what's going on it's probably stress it's probably because you're a teenager it's probably because you're highly sensitive whatever you know Mm. so um, i stopped going to doctors altogether i remember the specialist fibromyalgia specialist said you you know this will be chronic this will be for your whole life you have a small energy bucket and you need to learn how to live with that, which I did. But she said, but you do need to come back every year to renew your diagnosis. And I said, but, (laughs) and do to do run all, to run all the tests again. And I said, but didn't you just say that it was chronic for my whole life? So why why should I come back? Right? And then it was something because of, you know, in Belgium, the health system just to get the piece of paper, so that you can get some physiotherapy sessions paid back, um, whatever, you know, so that it's cheaper. But that's it. And then the physiotherapy sessions. Yeah, you know, um, one physiotherapist said, Oh, no, you cannot jump, you cannot give your body any shocks. And the other one said, Oh, we need to jump.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I had some Yeah, I had similar things where it's conflicting. And at some point, you're just so demoralized. You, you just, it's very, very hard. You're not only fighting the physical symptoms, but you begin to fight the mental symptoms as well because mm. it's so demoralizing, so depressing. And you really do wonder, I mean, somehow, I don't know. I just have that scrappy little attitude that I just never gave up, but it's very easy to give up. It really is.
0: Yeah, yeah I remember I entered a Facebook group Um, like a support group, right? And like you mentioned before, um, yes, there is, it does go together, depression. Sometimes it's preceding, but sometimes it comes after because of all these confrontations and not finding a solution. So I left that support group after one day, because it was all tears and whining and negativity that I just couldn't have at that moment. I right. was like you, I was just like, no, there has to be a way. Right. And I don't know mm-hmm. where we got that from, but you know, we kept pushing and finding our, our, I think being stubborn at that moment has been my biggest savior.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I think there are times when that is helpful actually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's so hard when you're you're saying you're battling your physical symptoms right you're battling your mental symptoms after a while too Mm -hmm. but then you're also battling the outside world who is kind of like "Mm, does she really have something though right i think there's a
1: lot of misconception about fibro just being fake just being oh i think she's a hypochondriac i think she just you know maybe she just doesn't want to go to school or she doesn't want to go to work or people don't understand. and often we don't look sick. Many of us mm. that this affects, and I find this in my clients as well, there's kind of a through line where we tend to be overachievers, people who are kind of, uh, you know, type A, they say, like very, you know, stressed and you know a- achieving and, and trying to accomplish things. And so we're we're just plowing ahead all of the time but Mm -hmm. that comes at a cost but what other people see is well how sick is she she's still going to school she's still going to work she still has like I still had this big job high paying job and all of this stuff but it's like was absolutely killing me and the second I wasn't at that job I was just flat on my back you know almost dead you know I mean not able to function
0: yeah I think one of the hardest parts is just that that it's invisible so you can't see it. You don't look sick, right? And sometimes I was like, oh, I wish I just had like, I was just like missing one leg or something because then people would see, you know, then I would have a wheelchair or something to show people. So I was yeah. actually walking with a cane in the beginning because I was just too weak to walk yeah. without support. And then the moment I could actually leave that cane behind, then it was even harder Because I didn't have a physical, visible thing to show people something is wrong. So imagine me being a teenager, 16 years old, and I get on a bus and I have to sit on a bus because the bus moves a lot and it was uh, very painful for my legs and my fibromyalgia. And so I would find a seat and then an old lady comes on the bus and she's looking for a seat, right? And I'm right there and she looks at me and I'm looking at her like, you know actually i'm worse off than you (laughs) but i didn't i didn't dare to say that because i look like a young vital teenager yeah and so i automatically just stood up and gave her my seat and i suffered the whole bus ride because i just couldn't and then other moments at school at an elevator and then a teacher walks in and i had like a little pass to use the elevator because i couldn't go upstairs and then a teacher said um you know these teenagers nowadays they don't even want to take stairs anymore. You know I get comments like that. And then I <sighs> sometimes I didn't even have the energy to defend myself. I was just like, right. You know what? You think whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I used to say all the time I used to feel like a 90-year-old in a 40 40- year old body. Like I was really only 40, but I felt 90 at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know 90 year olds that are in much better shape than I was at 40. So it is frustrating because it can't necessarily be seen. And of course, in my case, I was carrying around extra weight and there's so much stigma attached to that where people automatically think, well, she's probably just eating all the McDonald's, and she's just a glutton. She just eats too much, you know. She yeah. needs to stop eating, and that wasn't it at all. I didn't eat that kind of junk food. I thought that I was eating fairly healthy, but for me, I wasn't.
0: Your body was holding on to that weight for a reason, and that's in a previous interview on the Healthy Heart Achievers podcast about nutrition, functional nutrition. Yes. We also try to make clear weight is a symptom too. You know, sometimes you're eating healthy people who can't lose weight. Okay, why? Why is your body holding on to that fat? Why does your body feel like it needs to survive and hold on to extra fat, right? Because that's just the stress response, really.
1: Right, right. Thank you for saying (laughs) that because, you know, I just, I actually just gave a presentation about food sensitivities the other night here in the local community where I am in Massachusetts. And, You know, people were asking me about weight and I said, you know, weight is a symptom. That is, that's Mm. not really what's wrong. There are underlying reasons why that's happening. And particularly when you have, when you're not um, binging and you have 75 extra pounds, that is a huge amount of weight. I'm only five, two. That's a huge amount of weight for a tall person, but it's a crazy amount of weight for someone my height.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I can hear people who are listening now, I can hear them thinking or wondering. So then, what was going on in their body? You know, so then, why was there inflammation? What was going wrong? So, let's just share that piece a little bit. For you, when you were working with a functional medicine doctor, what was that discovery like of like your cocktail? It's often a combination of several triggers. Like, what was your cocktail of causes?
1: I would say that's a good way to put it. And I would say a good 80 to 90% of it was food and food sensitivities and eating foods that were not fueling my body properly, that were keeping my blood sugar going up and down all the time, that were keeping me craving um, starch and sugar. I was not eating enough protein and healthy fats. I was not not aware that I was reacting to foods and then besides that I also wasn't sleeping well because mostly because of the pain um, I had a lot of neck and lower back stuff and there were some spinal injuries that had happened when I was younger from car accidents that I was in um, so working with a chiropractor and acupuncturist helped that um, there was also I completely being a very stressed like corporate you know professional was not meditating. I thought that all of that stuff was just nonsense and a waste of time. I just was like, I don't have time for that. I'm sure it's great, but I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. So when I buckled down and started realizing, okay, yoga and Tai Chi and the EFT tapping, where you tap at on different points or visualization or mindful breath work, all of these things I brought in. And I needed to exercise more consistently, but what I was doing is either not exercising at all, or then going full out and hurting mm. myself, doing things that were too stressful and were stressing out my adrenals and making that whole cortisol situation worse. Cortisol, of course, making me hold on to fat more that was making, it was like a feedback loop. Yeah. You know, the more I was doing that, the more I was holding on to fat. So then I'd work out harder and try to starve myself. And then that didn't work. And it just went around and around and around with all the pain and the headaches and all of that. So for me, it was, it was many things, but I would say 80 to 90% was getting my, my diet dialed in, finding out I'm a protein type. I do better on meat, even though I'm not crazy about meat and I'm still not. I do better and need to eat some meat, not a vast amount, but I need to eat some and I needed to eat a lot more healthy fat and veggies, yeah. you know, veggies and fruit.
0: Yeah. You got to know your body by listening to it, but also by doing the right tests and just knowing how does my body function. What does it need? Right. Cause everybody, everybody and everybody is different. Yes. And what you said there, yes, it is a cycle, you know, and some, mm-hmm. like you said, some, causes can be consequences of other causes like your Mm -hmm. um your what example was i going to give was it the food sensitivities no it was with your car accident yeah Mm -hmm. so that is then the cause of other problems afterwards and then just you know it, it keeps going like that was it your neck and back pain that's what that was the example you know that would come from the car accident right but the neck and back pain then caused you to sleep poorly and then you had those sleep issues so it's all um you need to go upstream like we often say right okay what's what happened before and then for me food sensitivities was a cause Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: also a consequence of other causes right because it was more one of the outer layers of the onion let's say and Mm -hmm. once i tackled that with a functional medicine doctor Uh, changed my nutrition and and elimination diets, all that stuff, and then we went deeper, and then we found, um, for me, my cocktail of causes, let's say, it's mainly the biggest aspect was that my liver was just holding on to toxins, like I had a liver full of rubber, plastic, gasoline, and I did not have the glutathione, so the enzyme to detoxify, it was at zero, so I didn't have the right detoxification system uh, or all the right pieces in place to detoxify properly so it was all just stuck there and of course i had a very cool um motorcycle <laughs> 60 today a scooter right and uh, it was all rubber right breathing it in or on your skin touching it oh
1: my goodness
0: gasoline and then the plastic of course comes from everywhere um everywhere. Yeah. yeah and so that's when my body exploded because it's just the toxins couldn't go anywhere. So then wow. food sensitivities was, was more, um, let's say, a consequence of having my immune system going crazy, right? And then start attacking foods and then, you know, it all goes. So yeah, my liver was a big thing. Then of course, um, of course there's stress. You know, I was growing apart with my best friends when I was 15, I was a highly sensitive person, not knowing how to navigate the whole teenage, comparison being cool or being inert life um and then there was just um yeah it was my whole body the nutrition to the food the natural life that i needed um the high achiever inside of me right so it was all mold was a big issue too mold Mm -hmm. and humidity in the house Which is also a reason why I feel way better in Peru in the dry air, the dry mountain air, and everything's natural. I eat foods from the market. I never go to the supermarket. I don't I barely ever have anything that's packaged anymore. You know, you're selling
1: me on you're selling me on Peru because Oh, you're welcome here. (laughs) I'm on this coast, on the east coast of the United States in the northeast. It is um I used to live in Southern California, which was very dry and I did much better there. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, you know, sinus issues and other issues here because of the humidity. And there is a lot of mold here, as you say, but I didn't mean to, uh, to interrupt. No, no, home. no.
0: You're very welcome here. And I just have a great idea. We should, Deborah, we should build like a fibromyalgia recovery center here in Cusco. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Let's talk how about fun that. would
1: that be? Let's talk about that Let's because I have not that. been to Peru and I would love to visit. <laughs> Okay, people,
0: to. you are witnessing here the start of a new <laughs> center here in Cusco, Life on Healthy Eye Achievers podcast.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, how great would that be? Uh, oh yes, my goodness.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I grew in up 90%. in a home,
1: my parents um, are in upstate New York, they're still in the same home that I grew up in. And there's a serious mold problem in the basement. And my dad is, you know, they've been in that house for a long time. Mm. He's not dealing with it. He does not believe that it's an issue. And there's black mold down there. And we go to visit them. And I instantly get headaches and sinus stuff. And I don't sleep as well. And, and they don't either. And I try to explain to them, but they're just, you know, it's very expensive to get something like that resolved. But I tell them how expensive of it is it on your health to not resolve it. Yeah. But yeah. they go to their doctor and of course their doctor goes, oh, no, it's, that has nothing to do with anything. You're yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We used to hear, no, that mold has dried up. It's all good. It's behind fine. the wallpaper, you know, it's mm-hmm. all, all fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so another part of why Peru does me really well is also the, the lifestyle. So I always try yes. to teach healthy high achievers the Peruvian lifestyle of just being flexible. People mm-hmm. here, they might have a schedule for their work and they work hard. Peruvians work hard in tourism, it's day and stay night, right? 24 yes. seven, um, but for their life outside of work, social life and hobbies, they do not use an agenda. They do not have one. They just listen to their body. In the evening, they might say it's very common to just hear, hey, guys, I know we were meeting in this bar, but, you know, I'm on the couch and I don't feel like leaving the couch today. So see you another day. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's very normal. And like planning is, you know, it's absurd if you say, let's say today is um, Tuesday. If you Mm -hmm. say, hey, Maya, let's go for dinner on Friday, a Peruvian person will be like, I don't know what I will feel like on Friday. (laughs) Let's coordinate on Friday, right? Let's just.
1: That's so much more healthy. I know I have relatives in um, Sicily and Italy, Mm. throughout Italy, but same thing. It's very much, they listen, they're more in tune to their bodies. Um, I know here in the United States, we 100% are not. (laughs) No one, I mean, except for folks like you and I that have some kind of sickness and come out of it, your typical American just is not tuned into, to that at all, the the ebbs and flows of your body and your mind and your health, yeah. which I just, I really value um, cultures that see that. And I think most cultures, um, like a lot of European cultures, um, and now you're telling me Peruvian, you know, they, they, ha- they got that memo, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they understand that, Yeah, this is absurd. I don't know what I'm doing on Friday. I need to focus on the here and now and not stress Mm -hmm. so much because you know you just put endless stress on yourself if all you're doing is either living in the past or living in the future and you're never here now. That's what so many of us do and that just contributes. If you have any health issue, that's going to times it by 10 having that attitude because there are days when you and I, literally could not think beyond that hour. Like, how am I going to get through this hour? I'm in so much pain and I need to accomplish work or school or whatever it was. I need to be here now. And that was one of the things also that was a big needle mover for me when I realized I'm spending most of my time worrying about things I didn't do or something that happened that I can't change that already happened. Or for me, it was more future. What if I don't do this? What if I don't get that? What if I don't achieve this milestone? What if I, what if I, what if I? And you just drive yourself crazy with that. That is a great way to be anxious and unhappy and sick.
0: Yeah, a big worry of mine was what if I will never be able to work full-time? What if I will never be able to have a family if I ever want to? You know, those were worries, real worries I had. And it's so lovely that you say, yes, that's when you have... All these symptoms and chronic disease mm. yes you need to be in the here and now and yes you need to change the way you plan and I guess in the beginning I had to become an even better planner right dividing my energy over the time I had birthday party on Saturday yeah. evening okay nothing on the whole of Saturday and nothing on Sunday and see that mm-hmm. I can rest and you know have I needed to plan my moments of rest that was the yes. first big thing for me And then afterwards, here in Peru, I needed to start going with that flow, listening to my energy levels. And Mm. I always say we live in our schedules, not in our bodies, right?
1: That's your body. Yeah, Mm. we love
0: relying on time. We love relying on, okay, we have 24 hours in a day. That's reliable. I know that's there and it's every day the same. But in reality, energy levels, like you said, go up and down.
1: For everyone, but particularly when you're battling fibro or any chronic Mm. Issue. Yeah, and you
0: need to ride those waves of your energy levels. You have no choice because otherwise you're just pushing yourself constantly and your body will scream at you, as we know,
1: <laughs> it will. in any way yeah. possible. <laughs> it will. Louder and louder until you finally answer.
0: Yeah, that's what happens to people in burnout. That's what happens to many people with chronic disease, chronic fatigue, um, migraines, anything. Your body will find a way to tell you. Yeah. So yeah, huh, this was a very interesting chat, Deborah. Um, absolutely, people... I'm
1: so glad we connected.
0: Yes, me too. Let's please stay in touch. And people, if you like this chat, also let us know. We can have a, a sequel, another one on this. <laughs> let us know yes. what you'd like to know more about. And um, Maya,
1: um, would it be okay to offer a, a a gift to your listeners?
0: Absolutely. I was just going to say, if there's anything, you know, where can people find more about you? And what is that gift? Let us know. I love gifts.
1: Okay. I have an ebook um, that I've written that is called Stop Chronic Pain, Lose Weight, and Boost Your Energy Now. And there are tips in there of things that can start to move you in the right direction. And the way that people can get that, if you go to my website, which is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-G for my last name wellness, deborahgwellness.com forward slash gift. Then they just put in their name, their email, and then they'll be on my list. They can get different tips. I send out a blog a couple of times a month, about Mm -hmm. twice a month, once or twice a month. I'm not always great at it. I'm I'm aiming to do it every every other (laughs) week, but again, aiming doesn't always happen. Um, And they'll get that ebook and I think it'll give them some some tips.
0: Oh, and I will definitely opt in and check that out and be on your Please list. Do. Uh, I'd love to read your blog posts too. Um, Deborah, let's stay in touch. Let's build this center in Peru one day.
1: <laughs> I love this idea. And you may have a visitor in Peru.
0: <laughs> Whenever you come, if that's now or in, in a couple of years, just let me know. I'll give you all the tips and tricks and uh, probably I'll still be here to to be your local guide.
1: <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to go on your website too so that I can keep up with your blog and your Perfect. podcast.
0: Perfect. Thank all you right, for it was having me on. Nice meeting you. Thank you. I will put all the links in the show notes in the description below. So, people go there, download it, get some tips, whether you're in chronic pain or whether you're just chronically fatigued or whether you just want to live more healthy and more natural. Get some tips out of uh, Deborah's ebook. And um, thank you so much for being on here, Deborah. Take care.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Dear Achievers, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with your friends, anyone who needs to hear this. You're super welcome to join us at healthyhighachievers.community as well. See you there.